the seller's agent is going to send us all the information pertaining to the subject property, you know, and that is up to us and our team. We have a few lawyers. I know I have like three lawyers on my team. So a lot of people wondered, you know, do I need a lawyer? Uh, you know, my Not own lawyer. Not with Coldwell Banker La Costa. We've got you covered. Welcome to Real Estate in Paradise with Coldwell Banker La Costa, your experts in buying and selling real estate in the Mexican paradise of Puerto Vallarta. Okay, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. We're going to be talking about the buying process in Mexico because I'm sure you all have a lot of questions. So, Jesse, who do we have here? To walk us through this process is no other than our very own real estate professional, Damien Bassett. He is dynamite, and we are so excited that he is here today to talk about the buying process in Mexico. So, Damien, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how'd you end up Puerto Vallarta, real estate. Tell us a little bit so I can get to know you. Okay, that sounds great. Um, Damien Bassett, uh, as we just said. And uh, first of all, I just want to thank you guys for having me on the the famous podcast here and uh, for Coldwell Banker. So I'm from Barrie, Ontario, Canada. And uh, that's, you know, just a little bit north where there's a whole bunch of snow, you know. And uh, I got here around five years ago. But I spent about a year on the beach doing nothing, just enjoying Nuevo Vallarta, enjoying the beach, doing my thing, exactly. My business partner, David Johnson, because we are the Johnson and Bassett team, you know, we lived on the same street in Barrie, and we were kind of just feeling a little bit bored, to be honest, bored with the everyday, you know, grind, the nine to five grind. We had a couple of normal jobs, and we were just like, man, we want to do something different with our lives, and... What are we going to do? Well, let's move south. Okay, where are we going to go? We don't have no idea where we're going to go. We huddled some money together. We made a rough plan. And luckily enough, my younger sister happened to be traveling through Puerto Vallarta. So she's like, man, you guys got to come and check this out. This place is awesome. I know you guys want to go south and this is something where you should consider. We said, Puerto Vallarta, oh, that's, that's interesting because we'd really only traveled to the east side of Mexico, you know, the Caribbean, like uh, Playa del Carmen, Tulum, Cancun, Cozumel, and stuff like that. So we said, oh, the Pacific side, that's directly on the other side. That's interesting. She said, well, the Pacific vibe is is quite a bit different, you know, and, and she was right. When we got here, we were taken aback and we fell in love with the ocean. It's just a lot different. There's a, it's a mountainous region here with the Sierra Madre mountains. Yeah the people, everything. This town, you know, a combination of the new, we have modernity and we have colonial kind of Mexican architecture. So at that point, we had no idea about the, the real estate industry here, that it's actually quite a booming industry here for foreigners and Mexican nationals. I mean, people are buying real estate from all over the world here. And I think it's because our secret is out that this place is just an awesome, awesome place. So with that being said, we did our two weeks in Nueva Vallarta. We flew home. We packed up our cars and just took the six-day trek drive, you know, road trip of a lifetime. And, uh, you know, we made a few stops, New Orleans. We had a couple beers and checked some stuff out. Yeah, I think anybody would, right? Again, trip of a lifetime. So the drive through Mexico was awesome. We took toll highways. Nominal fee. I think it cost me... $70 Canadian to get through on the toll highways all through Mexico. And they're just vast. It, it was the most peaceful 
drive. The highways are just really straight and there's mountains. It's it's beautiful. The toughest part is when you get to Guadalajara and you do the trek from Guadalajara to, to BV. It's it's a windy road through the mountains. You kind of feel like you're like, okay, like, is there anywhere to stop here? Yeah, it's a four hour. But I believe that's getting cut down because there's a new highway. There's a direct highway. For all of you out there, there's a new highway coming. So I think that's going to cut down the drive to like two hours or something. That's Yeah, what hear, something right? roughly. And it's going to be straight. <laughs> that's what we love. Keep it easy, right? Just like the purchasing process. No, but... <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so we... Spent a year in Nuevo Vallarta. We rented a place. We just played on the beach. And then after about a year of spending a bunch of money that we shouldn't have probably ever had, we're like, okay, time to put some money back in, back in our bank accounts. So we made a meeting with Dean Robbins. He's our sales manager here at Coldwell Banker, La Costa. Great guy, super informative, super forthcoming. He was like, there's no reason why you guys can't start the process to learn the real estate business here gets certified with AMPI, the Association of Mexican Realtors, um, you know, with courses, ethics courses and stuff. So a lot of time people think that, uh, well, anybody can be a real estate agent or a real estate professional in Mexico. And who are you guys? You guys are just glorified, you know, salesmen, car salesmen. Well, that's not really true here. You know, we do go through a lengthy process. I mean, it took us a year. If anybody knows an easier way, well, let me know so I can recommend it. No, it took us some time and, and we did, we, you know, we put in our, our blood, sweat and tears and wrote the tests and, and here we are. So we started and I got my sale in the first month, which was Super cool. Yeah. And then we, you know, kind of got the ball rolling there. And now look at us. We're into a seller's market. The market's just killer right now. You know, uh, there's a lot of action, a lot of sales. Inventory's a little bit lower uh, than historically to what, than what we're used to. But it's just because it's selling so fast. It's just like the turnover is like it's market boom. boom that's boom, right. Boom. That's it's a right. snowball. And a shout out to, to Dean as well. I think you guys had. Yeah. Him on your podcast, the most exciting guy in the world. And, you know, for anybody that's thinking about getting into the real estate game here, you can do anything you put your mind to. You know, people are, there's haters out there. They're going to say, oh, you know, there's no inventory. I, I can see this stuff on Facebook groups all the time. But, like, you can. If you put your mind to it and you, you're willing to put your head down and work, then you can certainly join the Coldwell Banker team, right? I mean, you have enough support with... You know, these beautiful ladies, Brock Squire, Dean Robbins. We have 90 agents. We're in WhatsApp groups together. I mean, you're looking for advice. It's there for you anytime. So I think that is a little bit about us and how we got started here. Let's just dive right into it. So what is the buying process like for a non-national Mexican? So what's it like for a foreigner? If I'm from, you know, I'm from New York City and I have no clue how to buy property here in Mexico. Like, how do I go about it? It's not too bad. You know, it's actually pretty straightforward. If a foreigner is buying property, purchasing property within the restricted zones of Mexico, and restricted zones of Mexico are 50 miles within the border or 50 miles within the sea. Okay. Okay? Constitutionally, that's what the Mexican government did to follow the rules. And they said foreigners need to purchase via a Mexican bank trust called a fideicomiso, the title of the property, the deed is held in a Mexican bank trust. Right. The foreigner is the primary beneficiary of that trust. Okay. 
Okay. And you can also have backup beneficiaries. Essentially it acts as a will. So it's a 50 year process that you have the trust with and it goes on forever and ever. It renews itself. Okay. So you have all fee simple rights to ownership as you would in Canada or the US. I mean, essentially it's your property. You can do what you want with it. Don't let this a whole bunch of jargon you hear out on the internet. Or yeah, because I think the word lease, people may think like, oh, then I'm like renting it type yeah. thing. Like yeah. they associate that with that. But in reality, it's not like that. It's no. just like as if it's yours for 50 and eight years and it can be re- renewed and renewed and renewed type thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just kind of look at it as like a loophole. I mean, I think the government just said constitutionally we need a different way to, for foreign owners to own property within these stricted zones. So just hold the title in a Mexican bank trust. And this, this bank trust costs you around 500 USD a year which is not very much. I mean, and it, you know, if there are some people out there, well, that's going to add to annual cost of the property. Well, how much are property taxes here? Yeah. You know, on a condo of three hundred or $400,000, we're looking at possibly three to $400 a year in property tax. What are you paying in the United States oh, and yeah, Canada? No. Uh, let's not even get into that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it's really not too much. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's a great way to uh, people, even Mexican, some na- Mexican nationals like using the Fida Camiso. I mean, it actually comes with a segment more of privacy of what, from what I hear. So let's say I am walking by one of the Coldwell Banker offices here in Puerto Vallarta. And I, you know, I'm here visiting and I really love the area. And boom, I want to buy property and I have the money and I'm ready. Okay. And I come in and I see you, Damien, sitting here at the at the front desk. And I say... Aren't you lucky? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I say, hey, Damien, I want to buy property. What do you do? Okay, I'm going to say, do you have any idea where you want to buy this property? So, you know, usually clients that are ready to buy, this probably isn't their first trip. Mm -hmm. I find that it's usually like the old, I've been coming here for 25 years. Or it's like they've been here four times or something and they fall in love like we did. You know, perhaps we've been in touch via email. Mm -hmm. Or if they just came in the office, it's like a starting point. We're making a relationship. 95% of our deals are done so in cash in their entirety. And I don't mean just cash uh, in a briefcase, you know, with third party (laughs) escrow and and wire transfers because of uh, strict anti-money laundering laws. So basically what I'm going to do is not pre-qualify the the client. I'm just going to try to get to know what it is you're looking for. What what are you interested in? Is it a two-bedroom? Is it a condominium? Is it a house, a villa? Do they want it for investment? Do they want to have an Airbnb background? How fast is the turnover for investment, et cetera? So. This is exactly, a, you know, amenities, pool, close to the ocean, doesn't need to be oceanfront. So when we stipulate the area and these kinds of characteristics in the property, then I start sending them properties, you know, start showing them properties. So sometimes it's the first one. And somebody falls in love, they said, let's make an offer. Sometimes I could show them perhaps 20 properties. Who knows? It, you never know. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So after we find that property and it's time to make an offer, we write it up. We submit it. Perhaps there's a negotiation of some kind. We have acceptance of an offer. Within three days after acceptance of the offer, the buyer is and needs to wire 10% of the purchase price 
to third-party escrow. Can you explain exactly what escrow is? I know that I'm so surprised that so many people do not know what escrow is. Like, it is a foreign language. I agree. And, and honestly, I didn't know either. And I think in Canada, in particular, we don't really usually use escrow too much. I, I don't know why that is. Perhaps it's just all with banks and lawyers. But third-party escrow is a company that's going to hold the money in trust. It's a neutral third party between the buyer and the seller. Nobody can touch it. It doesn't go directly to the seller and you're like, oh, no, all my eggs are in one basket. No, it's not like that. There's a bilateral agreement signed by both parties. So three days after acceptance of the offer, 10% is wired to third party escrow. It's almost like a down payment to like a down payment to start the process. Like I'm putting this down. Let's start it. And who ends up paying the cost of the escrow? It is on the buyer. And usually it's going to be ranged between $700 to $800, maybe $900. But yeah, we use TLA. I usually use TLA or Armor Secure. And they're, you know, $700 to $750. Okay. So the 10% is there. And then we enter into what is called the due diligence period. Okay. The seller's agent is going to send us all the information pertaining to the subject property. You know, and that is up to us and our team. We have a few lawyers. I know I have like three lawyers on my team, Gabriela Vasquez, Paulina Galindo, Nazreed. So, you know, that's not something that I just review myself. I'm not a lawyer. And, you know, that's pretty cool that Coldwell Banker has gone as far as... In-house lawyers. Exactly. Because a lot of people wondered, you know, do I need a lawyer? Uh, You know, my own lawyer. Not with Coldwell Banker La Costa. We've got you covered. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And you know, so what the seller is sending is like the deed of the property, Escritura. Uh, Let's say it's a condominium, the condo regime, HOA minutes of the meetings. Let's see if there's any special assessments looming. Like, you know, you don't want to take a possession of a property and then a special assessment of $10,000 is sitting in your lap the next day. You know, these are stuff we're going to work through and make sure there's no red flags for the property, Okay. So once we're through that due diligence period, it's usually between five to seven days. I've seen it sometimes on land. I've seen as long as 14 days. When we get right out of that, one of the last steps is the closing costs. The buyers need to pay closing costs. And these closing costs, generally speaking, are going to be between four to six or 7% of the sales price. Now we get that estimate from the notary. Okay, that has been appointed for the sale. We get those closing cost estimate. It's sent to us. We obviously share it with the buyer. And we say, we, we let them know that we need to wire 50% of this to the notary's account in order to start processing this deal. Okay. Because if we don't do that, we never wire the closing costs, at least half. And we go to closing, nothing's been done. <laughs> There's been no deal. I mean, this 50% is going to take care of the foreign permit for the foreigner to buy, uh, the notary's fees, the initiation of the bank trust, fee to Camiso, taxes, a number of different things, okay? So, I mean, it's absolutely essential. You know, after that has landed, you're going to periodically hear from me, but it's in our hands. You can kind of sit back, rest. I'm going to ask you for know your client documents, you know, because of the anti-money laundering laws. We need to know kind of, you know, where the funds of uh, lawful origin, passports, you know, a a number of different documentation, proof of address, nothing they can't handle. And then uh, approximately two weeks or seven days 
perhaps 10 days before the closing date, we're going to have the buyers wire the rest of the sales price to the escrow account and probably the other 50% of the closing costs to make it easy. In some cases, you can just wire the 50% again straight to the notary or you can put it in escrow and then at the disbursement on closing day, after both parties sign the disbursement instructions, the money's wired. Great. Okay. And done deal. And we have a sale. You know, here nice. are the keys. That's it. Bottle of wine, margarita, tequila, you know, whatever it is. And, and how long do you think would takes usually the closing process? How long is it? Generally speaking, it can be as quick as 30 days. You know, I would say the sweet spot is between 30 to 45 days. But, you know, every deal's unique. You know, sometimes a buyer you know, stipulates in the offer that, hey, we actually need this to close in three months. And I mean, a seller, you know, no, they don't have to accept that. It's, this is a negotiation. Every deal's unique. And uh, this is why, you know, you have a good realtor or a good real estate professional on your side to help, you know, mitigate this whole process. And how would the processes be different between buying land, something that's already constructed and pre-construction? Does something change within the three sure. categories yeah. or even with oh, like commercial, so um, maybe, I don't know, like offices or like a restaurant that's being sold. Like how does it change the processes? Ooh, well, yeah, for a trespass. So when you're just buying a business, yes, that's, that's interesting. That's kind of falls into the commercial real estate section of things. And my business partner, David, he's the real pro with this, but essentially you're not really buying the property. You're buying an established business. Okay, you know, like you got to get into stuff like the lease rate. When does it end? What's being included? Are the TVs, are there, what's in this restaurant? It's even the alcohol. Like what, you know, they're getting detailed less. Uh, if, a, if a restaurant's $150,000, you want to know what's being included in this. So essentially you're buying the name, the business, not, not the property. the structure. But I mean, but again, in the other side of commercial real estate, of course, you, there's commercial buildings that oh, you can course, buy, yeah. multifamily buildings uh, for rentals, perhaps, mm -hmm. different, uh, break them up into condominiums, maybe, who knows. But uh, land, yeah, usually pretty straightforward. Again, as long as we receive all the uh, information pertaining to the land, so that lawyers can look it over. It can, it can also be a pretty quick uh, closing date. Yeah. Pre-construction is a little different. Usually you're doing the deal through, you know, with our representation to guide you. You're doing a, you're making a deal directly with the developer. Okay. So, uh, in pre-construction, you're receiving probably a fairly nice discount yeah. because this, you know, developers have to offer discounts so that people get in early. Yeah. They usually will use this money to help construct the building. In some cases, not. Now we're getting a little bit further where developers are, some developers are keeping money in a trust and the bank watches that process. And, you know, as construction gets a little bit further in the process, the bank reviews it and releases funds to the developer. But again, that's few and far between. Most of the time you're paying the developer with a down payment of probably minimum 30%. You're perhaps doing monthly and then X amount at delivery. And if you were doing like payments or you had like a, it's a certain down payment, does that still go usually through escrow? Very seldomly with pre-construction, very seldomly. It's usually Direct. you're paying to the developer. Yeah. 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 That's why it's important that your real estate professional knows the history okay. of the developer. 
who are you getting in bed with here? Like, who are, who are we making a deal with? What have they built in the past? You know, do they have a good track record? You know, do they deliver on time? You know, within reason, I mean, I think a delivery of a unit within at least a few months of the original closing day, that's a reasonable thing. We, I mean, it's hard to tell what's going to happen in the construction phase. Sometimes, you know, something happens, they, you know, a column that's in the wrong spot or something and they redo it. I think there are some great pre-construction opportunities out there right now. And we are actually going to have an episode on pre-construction opportunities here in the Bay next week. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so, yeah. Who are you guys going to have? We're Nancy Valiente. Oh, she's yeah. pro. I yeah. mean, she represents a lot of developments. A lot yeah. of pre construction developments. Yeah. No, yeah. She's, she's a killer when it comes to pre construction. Definitely. Yeah. Somebody you can trust. And she's a lawyer. So, I mean, that's, you can't that's get as any good as it gets. Than that. <laughs> yeah. That's as good as it gets. Yeah. So, it's good to know about the buying process for, you know, commercial properties, mm-hmm. land, pre construction, of course, you know, condos and houses that are already built and, and ready to sell. But I think, you know, in terms of the buying process, is there anything else uh, that goes on? I think you covered mostly all of it. What happens after closing? Okay. So, you give your clients the keys. Sure. What's your follow up like? Uh, follow-up's pretty normal, you know, how is it? How was your first night? You know, perhaps a dinner after, maybe we'll go out for dinner. But I think really what we're talking about is at the closing, you're receiving a copy of the deed, okay? Because the real certified escritura deed needs to be put forth to the public registry. I mean, there's a number of things that needs to happen. It takes a while for the notary to process the deed okay so this is going to come approximately six months to a year after so we're following up with the notary for you you know let us know when it's ready uh usually the buyers need to pick it up themselves but some notaries will allow allow a letter saying hey i trust damian bassett or perhaps paulina or nancy or gabby to pick this up for me you know it's in writing we both sign it and uh, I'll pick it up for you and then drive it over to you, to your condo or your house and, and hand deliver it. Some good service right there. Well, yeah, yeah. we try to do our best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think overall it sounds super simple and not as complicated as I first thought it was. But what happens if somebody comes and, you know, they need a little bit of that extra help? to be able okay. to buy their yeah, home in paradise. Big, uh-huh. big topic. It's a question. Yeah, it's a question. It's yeah. definitely a question. We've got to cover it. Or concern that, that, that people have. And uh, although most of our deals are done in cash, mortgages are on the table. You know, what we just need to realize is that the mortgage and the financing is going to come from a Mexican bank, okay? They're going to require at least 40% as the down payment of the sales price, okay? So 40% down, and the terms are a little shorter than what we're used to in Canada and the United States. They're probably going to be between 10 to 25 years, okay? And the interest rate's probably going to be in the, in the realm of 8% or so, which is okay because you are putting a large amount down already. The monthly rate isn't too bad after you have that large down payment, depending on the sales price, obviously, right? So, I mean, a lot of people like borrowing the bank's money. That's just how they do business. We certainly come across that all the time. But a lot of the time, also, they review what they're paying uh, in the in the interest rate and the monthly mortgage fee. And they usually end up finding the money in, yeah. in Canada or the U.S. They, you know, take out a home equity line of credit or a refinance in Canada. I know 
We use that term. They find the money liquid there and then usually purchase here. But mortgages are not off the table here. It's totally doable because I know there comes a lot of question uh, for foreigners that like, well, I can't buy the house maybe, so I want to check out this. I get a lot of questions even on our social media and everything. They're like, we want to be financing, blah, blah, blah. So as long as I know that's doable, like they can weigh two options. Super doable. I know there's like global mortgage. Intercam has just opened up their new um, mortgaging program. So yes, CBI as well. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's going to be there. Yeah, there's a lot of space for, for mortgages. In some cases, you could even come across a seller finance where the seller is willing to, you know, basically finance the deal for the buyer, you know, maybe 50% down, maybe between three and five years, there's a plan to oh, wow. help the buyer pay the rest of the I funds. I didn't even know that was existing. Maybe even they'll do it for a lower interest rate. You never know, right? Yeah. So nothing set in stone. And the only stupid question is the question you don't ask. Right. Yeah. So I'll right. just, I mean, ask and yeah. we never know what will happen. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to drop your information on the, yeah. Damien's info so he can answer all your questions. If you want to know about the market, you want to know the process more in detail, everything, don't be shy to give him a shout. That's correct. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for having me here. Thank thank you for coming. This has been great. And uh, all success to your podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Maybe let's do it again sometime, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something else. Definitely. Well, thank you guys so much. Stay tuned. And we'll see you guys next time on Real Estate in Paradise with Jesse and Chelsea. We know you can't get enough. Tune in next time for another episode of Real Estate in Paradise from, that's right, you guessed it, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico.